Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. This episode of Believe is brought to you by Cryptid Coffee Co. Use promo code BELIEVE on checkout for 10% off their Angry Yowie Coffee Blend. Head over to cryptid.com.au to check them out. It was just the most massive thing I've ever seen. I, to tell you the honest truth, I thought, well, we're the only ones left on this planet. Something's happened. We've missed something here. The fear that went in me when I seen it was just, um, like, the feeling. I'd say it was fear, but I've never felt that feeling before in my entire life. It's a weird feeling. Like, you can't explain it when you don't know. You feel like you're being followed, but you don't know what it is. We had two to our right, another one in front of us, another one to the left, and another one just across the road, shaking the daylight out of the tree. All we get was a big red eye. I remember waking up and looking at the end of the bed, and there was a figure there, almost insect-like, and then I blacked out. Welcome to the show, everyone. My name is Cade Moyer, and you are listening to the Believe Paranormal and UFO Podcast. If you have had an encounter and would like to share it, please get in touch with me. My email address is believepod at gmail.com. If you enjoy the podcast, be sure to leave us a rating or review wherever you listen and head on over to our website, believepod.com, and consider becoming a member to get bonus episodes and video content. Tonight I'm joined by Sam, and Sam had a incredible experience with a Ouija board back in 1995 that kind of changed everything for her from that point forward. So Sam, welcome to the show. Thanks, Kay. Good to be here. It's cool to have you on, and I know I say that probably to literally every guest that comes on the show, but I'm really excited to have you on because we don't get a lot of people on the show, I think, if any at all, uh, talking about Ouija board experiences. So... Uh, I'm going to give the the floor to you because yours is truly fascinating. <laughs> Thanks, Kate. So I will start back um, with adding some context content to my experience. And it all started around 1995. And my mother had shared a story with my eldest sister, Sarah, who was about 10 years old at the time. And she had told her a story that when she was a child, herself and her sister, so my auntie, were playing on the Ouija board and they were using a glass as the pendulum. And at some point during their session trying to communicate, the glass had flown off the board and smashed into the wall. So after telling my sister the story, my mum had explained to her that you should never play on these boards. And my sister had begged and pleaded with her to show her how it's made and how to use it. And mum eventually had given in and... She made a makeshift board and taught Sarah the initial greeting, which was something along the lines of, if there's any good spirits here that wants to talk to us, please come through. So despite mum showing her this, she reminded her again, you can never play this. 
And um, at this time, my mum was actually suffering from bowel cancer for many years, and she sadly had passed away in 1998. And so Sarah had asked my mum before she had passed away if she could talk to us through the Ouija board once she was on the other side. And my mum had said no and that she didn't want to frighten us. And so after my mum had passed away, this was a great opportunity for Sarah to teach her two younger sisters, um, which is myself and my middle sister, Anna. And I was too young to really remember why, but I believe our intention was to try and communicate with mum, which is innocent enough. So here we were, 11, uh, sorry, 13, 11 and 8, and we're making this Ouija board using a glass cup and we had no idea what to do or really what to expect. And so we made the board and my sister did the greeting. And it was really early on that we were playing the Ouija board that we started to get a really strong energy coming through. And it was so strong, it was almost humorous and we would blame each other all the time because it was like this pull on the glass. And there was just in our minds at the time, because we're kids, we're like, there's no way this could be anything else but the other sister. So we were pretty frightened, but we were pretty kind of excited by what this thing was doing. And so with this new energy, every session we had played, we would ask it questions like, who was it drawn to about its life when it was alive? And what was it? And of course, because we are children, we asked it silly questions like, what color were my socks? And what boys did we like at school? And um, some of the answers we got was that the spirit was my dad's guardian angel. And he had told us his name was Stephen. And that's how we referred to him from then on. And so every night from when I was about eight years old to about 12 years old, we had played this board. And it was our nighttime routine. After dinner, before Home and Away came on, my sisters and I would summon Stephen to come and talk to us. And this entity, it could move this glass so fast and it would make circle motions around the board and sometimes we were barely touching it. And it would slide the glass in jagged motions. It would go from A, B, C, so on. It would sometimes rapidly go between yes, no, yes, no. And like the circles, it was crazy and it was always so fast. So we had this routine where we would do this greeting we would see what movement we got and we would ask if it was Stephen. And if it went to yes, we would say, how do we know it's you? And the glass would rapidly move around the board to the yes, no, yes, no, ABC and do the circles and pretty much any one of those rapid movements. And it was almost like a password that we knew it was him. And as soon as we saw this movement, we were like, joyfully saying hello and how are you and honestly as kids we thought this was awesome and now as an adult it's super weird um but again uh early stages of playing we always blamed each other for the for the movement so eventually we came to a point where we would ask Stephen guessing games that even us girls didn't know the answers to and one of the games I recall the best was one where we would get a deck of cards and we would pick a card out, place it face up on a table nearby and where none of us could see it. And we would have Stephen guess what the card was. And he was rather consistent at getting the card right. 
And we continued on challenging this entity more and more. And it came to the point where we started to get my dad involved. And so we asked Stephen to tell us what dad was listening to on his earphones. Um, my dad was in the next room and he usually listened to Slim Dusty or Neil Diamond um, on his earphones most nights. And we thought, this entity can prove he's real by spelling out what dad is listening to on the earphones. And keep in mind, we could not hear a thing. And from the best of my memory, Stephen was able to accurately guess every single one of these songs, literally spelling out Cherry Cherry or Sweet Caroline or whatever it was that was playing. And we would race into the next room and ask Dad if that was the song he had on and he would confirm it. And soon after this, um, Dad had become quite amused and entertained by the idea that we were actually talking to a spirit. And so amused, he would actually yell out to us, you know, get Stephen to guess this one. And he would start a song in his earphones. And sure enough, he was right most of the time. So by this stage, we'd probably been playing about a year. Um, and one night, my sisters both had a friend over each and we thought, let's show them the Ouija board. And we were quite proud of what we could do with this thing. So we set it up in my room like usual and we set the board up near my bed and we all sat around in a half circle and my sisters and their friends were to my left and to my front and I was leaning up against my bed. And we did our greeting. We summoned Stephen to talk for a bit and then we decided to ask Stephen to move an object. And it went to yes. And we thought, okay, we'll get something really light. And we picked a matchstick. We put it on the board. And one of us had asked Dad to come in to be a part of this. And so Dad's in there. He sits behind me on the bed. And we asked Stephen what he needs to complete this task and how long would it take. So he spells out on the board something indicating silence and 10 minutes. And here we are patiently waiting and watching and minutes passed and nothing happened. And we get bored, we put our fingers on the glass and we ask him what was going on. And he spells out something along the lines of lights off and like needing a candle lit. So we turned off the main light and we left the, um, the night light on and we had lit the candle. So we still had really good visual of everything. It was almost as bright like a torch on your phone, I suppose. Anyway, we sit back down, we settle in, we put our fingers on the glass and we confirmed that he was happy and we started the wait again. And everyone is deadly silent. I'm staring intensely at this matchstick and before my eyes, I watch this matchstick flip into the air about 40 centimetres almost at my eye height and drop back down. And almost, it was almost like somebody had pinched it between their fingers and threw it directly up. And I jumped back and I, I hit my head on my bed um, and my dad murmured some comment. He was just as shocked and amazed. And this, like this matchstick, as clear as day, like flew in the air. <laughs> um, 
So some weeks later, my sisters and their friends decided again to try this trick. And my dad was watching. This time they were in the outdoor social area. It was during the day. I wasn't there. And again, this matchstick flipped. And I know, I don't really know any more details about that occasion, but um, we were all pretty excited by this. We were scared, but we were excited. And over the next couple of months, a couple of months and years, we challenged to move objects again, but it never happened. And I feel weird admitting this now, but we grew so fond of this um, entity. And we sometimes at nighttime when we were closing off the session, we would put our faces on the board and tell Stephen, okay, kiss us goodnight. <laughs> it was like a family member or something. And of course, that is weird as hell as an adult, but as we're children, I was like eight or nine, ten at this point. Um, so we're kids and we just thought this is a fun thing to do and, you know, kiss us goodnight. So there were things that happened around the house that was super mischievous um, after this point. And on an occasion in my eldest sister's room, she had a fan that sat on a chair and this fan had an adjustable slide that powered the fan faster and slower. Um, and she would wake to hearing the fan speed changing. And with the nightlight on, she could watch the sliding um, adjusting knob moving its up and down, up and down the fan. And so she told Dad about it and asked to swap rooms with him for the night as she was getting pretty spooked. So this night, Dad sleeps in her bed, she sleeps in his room, and he awakes, sure enough, to the sound of the fan speed going up and down, up and down. And he can he's opened his eyes and he's watching this knob moving up and down, up and down. And so he put a pair of shoes on the slide and said out loud, bugger off, Stephen, and went back to sleep. So to this day, like all of us sisters are in our 30s now and we've long moved from home, but Dad continues to encounter many unusual events in the family home. And an example of that is um, the Dad gets loud knocking at the front door now, anyone that is close to our family or friends knows you don't go to the front door. You go around the back door if you want, you know, someone's attention or if you're familiar with how the rules work. So uh, sometimes this occurred a few times in the night from 11 o'clock to 3 o'clock. Um, and Dad describes this knocking as, as if someone's really trying to get your attention. It's always between three and five knocks. And initially, like any rational person, it's his, it's a person. And, but even then, like it was unusual because we lived on like a acreage block. It was semi-rural, quite street. But my dad is very rational. He's like, this is a person or it's an animal. And this has gone on for years, even still to this day, this goes on. And so there were times where he would wait up and await the knocking. And sometimes he would have a, a weapon ready to go and confront this person. And his room was between maybe about five to six meters from his room to the front door. And there was no one ever there. Um, and it came to the point where he would even call out my mum's name, just saying, go to the other door or just come in thinking, you know, what's the harm in thinking it's my, my mother that was trying to get into the house. Um, but 
I don't believe it was my mum. I truly think we let something in all those years ago and it still likes to hang around and play tricks. So more recently, there has been um, picture frames, picture frames moving in the house. So this, I think this one happened most, most recently, just about three months ago, but it's been going on and off for maybe three or four years. So dad lives alone and he sleeps on a CPAP machine. So he sleeps really deep. Um, so it takes him a second or two to focus on the noises in the night. So one night he hears a loud bang, like the slamming of a door, and he ignores it and he thinks it's just part of his dream. And the next morning he wakes up and he finds my bedroom door shut and two picture frames on the adjacent wall in the hallway of dad's recently passed friend had fallen to the ground. So during the night, something has smashed the door to my old bedroom closed and it could not have been a draft. My dad is really security conscious. He always got the windows closed, doors locked, everything. Um, there's no reason why this door had slammed shut during the night and the pictures are secured with hooks and blue tack. So he told me about this a few days later and he's just so nonchalant about it. Like, you know, this ghost can do whatever it wants. It doesn't care, he's just gonna go to sleep. So some weeks later, um, he even woke to find two of the heavy framed artworks on the wall had been placed on 45 degree angles facing towards each other. And again, no explanation. And I even, I went out to his house and I thought, okay, I'm going to debunk this. And I moved the frames and they're really quite heavy. There's no way that they're a wind or just, you can't even brush past them because there's a desk um, in front of them. So there's just nothing to really debunk it. It was just completely unexplained. And so, you know, since this is still ongoing for years and years and years, there's all these tr tricky little things that are going on in the house. And I've tried to convince Dad to let me put up cameras or have a paranormal investigator come out. But honestly, Dad is fine with it all and thinks it quite humorous, often making remarks that it can knock and move things as much as it wants. I'm going to go to sleep. I'm going to get on with my life. Um, but yeah, me and my sisters, we've played the Ouija board for about four years, most nights, and it became less frequent as they moved out of home. But I've still just on time to time with friends that I've never played before and I've always felt pretty confident not too scared playing but I've learned a lot about as an adult I've learned some of the things that we experience it points to something a little bit more sinister rather than the friendly family spirit named Stephen that we would kiss goodnight uh, I mean the behavior of this thing is textbook bad signs um, I mean there would even be times where the glass would move off the board and try and travel along the floor and it wouldn't really get far it was like it lost its energy which sounds crazy but we thought it was fun we're like yeah he wants to travel um but honestly even though people put this uh you know big red cross around doing ouija boards i've never had anything bad happen to me i mean even as a child nothing really spooky happened it was just the guessing games the strength of the movement of the glass and the flipping of the matchstick was the craziest I've ever experienced, but nothing really, sure enough, you know, Spirit Steven still hangs around, I'm sure, at Dad's house, but nothing's really happened to me. So 
So, yeah, that's um, my story. I think my sisters have probably experienced something a little different to me and probably a little bit more, um, you know, extreme in some areas. Like I said, my older sister had the fan moving um, and I've only told this story as to how she's told it to me. But, um, you know, she mentioned some mornings there would be the windows were open um, in the house, depending who woke up first, you know, you would kind of just, go into the kitchen, make yourself breakfast. And she mentioned that she saw some windows open. But they, the screens weren't, the fly screens weren't popped out. The windows were just, glass windows were just slid open, which um, required someone to move the bar that is in the little, you know, to prevent the, you know, someone breaking in and moving the window back. You know, that has kind of been pushed up and out of the way. And, you know, she thought that was weird and it was dad, but dad is, hell up against anyone opening the windows because he's a security freak. So who knows what's going on in that house? And now a quick word from our sponsor. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready get 30, ready get 20, 20, 20, ready get 20, 20, ready get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Also, are you wanting more content? Why not become a Believe Plus member? You'll get access to exclusive podcasts and episodes that aren't available to the public. Not only that, you'll also get our regular feed without any ads. Head to believepod.com forward slash plus to sign up today for just $5 a month. Yeah, it is. That is just so fascinating. Like so much about that story just blows my mind. Like the fact that you're so young and you're having, if you honestly, if you think about it, Sam, you're having like genuine, like, poltergeist activity going on I think so. in that house and it's just like an everyday occurrence for a bunch of really young children <laughs> I, know. I know and it doesn't feel for me to say poltergeist it feels yucky to say it because I really haven't done too much research on what that is but I've heard other people's experiences through your show and through other podcasts where you know people that are level-headed characters, genuine experiences, and they're talking about the same things that I've experienced. And I'm thinking, man, I lived like this as a kid. I thought it was great. I thought this thing was my friend. Um, so it's really, it is, I think, yeah, but maybe it's a poltergeist. Who knows? Yeah, it's <laughs> like, to, to be honest, and the reality is it's probably impossible to tell what it is, but... I, I find it really fascinating that your dad kind of, I don't know if, if you meant to allude to this or not, but it almost sounded like he had a previous connection with Stephen before you did all of this by calling him oh, his guardian angel. Absolutely. Absolutely. I have to tell you, there's another experience that my dad has had, and I swear they're drawn to him or something. He's literally the most down-to-earth, non-religious, non-spiritual, outback Australian man there is. And the strangest things have happened to him in his life. And if you're if you're happy to listen, I'll tell you another story that he experienced when he was a kid. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I, I feel like there, there's, there's more to this story rather than just a random... 
mm-hmm. Ouija board encounter that kind of changed everything. <laughs> <laughs> well, so this story was about, this is my dad telling it, so there's not exact details here, but my dad saw a ghost when he was six years old um, and it scared him so much that it's ingrained to him to, to this day and he's in his 70s. So he lived, he grew up on a cattle station that was about 50 kilometers outside of Broken Hill um, in this beautiful homestead. And so it was a really rugged and isolated area. But this homestead was originally a pub that had a lot of history to it. So his room was getting painted and he had to sleep in this other room. And he tells me when he was a child, he hated this room. It was always really cold. He just never felt happy in it. So this room was situated over the wine cellar so if you can kind of picture an old homestead and outside there are some stairs that go kind of down under the house into a small room and so he was um, put in this room to go to sleep and he couldn't sleep and he was startled to hear some loud footsteps coming up out of the cellar and he he describes the sound as they were really heavy boots so he looks up out of the window thinking it's his dad or someone one of the workers on the cattle station and he looks out the window and he sees a really large man and he's dressed like an early settler, like old time, old time clothes and a bush hat on. And he, this man walks up out of the cellar and starts walking towards the creek that was about maybe 50 meters away. Um, and dad says that the moon was really bright this night and everything was quite, you could visually see this person quite well. And this man materialized into thin air um, as he was walking towards the creek. And if you can just imagine how spooky that would be for a child in the outback, we're talking red dirt, rugged spin effects, and out of this man that he's never seen before, dematerial. Is that the right word? Materialized? Dematerialized? Yeah, yeah no, <laughs> Sorry. It's, it's totally um, right. Just disappeared. He, you know, just disappeared. Um, and there was other, I mean, I could think of five other stories that he's told me. Um, as I said, the details um, I wouldn't really have, but, you know, things like this always happen on this cattle station, you know, gates closing, gates opening when they've just been closed or opened. And the sound of uh, men digging holes, like as if, you know, when the fence posts were originally put in in the late 1800s, you know, it was the sound of like, someone digging into this hard ground and kind of shoveling the dirt out and when he would go to inspect there's no one there you know and you know we're talking isolated area he's the only one out there camping this is in his later life also throughout his young years as well because he goes back and visits the station sometimes so there's lots of peculiar things that happened on this station I believe there was a murder there that happened once as well because it was a pub I think there was something that happened and a person was murdered so there's a lot of history and I think there's something about my dad and that bring, to bring it back to the Ouija board and to bring it back to Stephen there's as I said nothing's really happened to me I don't think my sisters have ever experienced anything apart from you know a couple of things back at that family home but dad is the one all this stuff happens to and you know he's a you know he's a Vietnam vet he grew up in the country all of our home is filled with photos of the Dreamtime people, um, wartime, his friends that have passed on. There's a lot of history there. And so it kind of makes you think, okay, who, 
how is, did us kids just innocently, innocently bring in this energy or is this something that has been attached? Who knows? It, it almost seems like he's just had this touch point to the, the paranormal from from basically that that kind of first experience there. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it, you can call it a very woo kind of point of view, but I, I genuinely believe that, you know, once you've encountered the the weird and the unknown, it's kind of like a door is opened and, you know, almost like a third eye. Mm. Yeah, I agree. So I have to ask, like, how do you grow up in a house with uh, essentially a ghost that you summon through a Ouija board? <laughs> how does that become normal and how does I feel like it was really I think I, I don't think the word special is the right one but I felt very different to how other kids were using their time I mean me and my sisters really we were quite adventurous kids and we were always encouraged to you know go off and play go and make things go do things outside whatever else so you know for us to have this thing that was a big part of our nighttime routine and even after my older sister left I used to ask my middle sister like play with me let's do this and if she said like no because she was getting older I'd be like mm, stuff here I'm gonna pull this thing out and play on it because I'm a kid and I think this is fun but you know even when I was younger I used to show my friends and if my friends came over I would try and get them to you know play this thing as well because to me there was no spookiness to it there was no um, I guess you know, as an adult, you know all the stories that happen and people get very scared and maybe there is something bad and to do about it. But as a child, it was really quite fun. It was almost like having a show and tell. Yeah, yeah, no, <laughs> I, I totally get that. It's, um, I guess your your norm is a lot of people's nightmare at the end of the day. But the <laughs> the fact that, that you guys weren't really scared by it, you know, like you, you're essentially, you were affectionate with this, this spirit. Yes. Is, a terrible word, but it's true. <laughs> but it, it really does blow my mind. It's um, I I just I really have no no words for it because I've I've never really heard anything like that. Because you know you get a lot of people who are you know comfortable living in their in their situation, um, but to you know to grow fond or you know grow grow affectionate of this thing, I think that is just mm-hmm. it's such a head spin. <laughs> Yeah, that's right. I kind of think, oh, to actually, to end the story, you know, our intention was to try and find and talk to mum, but would you believe, still to this day, and the last time I played this, the Ouija board was when I was about 25 with my eldest sister, and I can tell you when I've played with friends to when the difference when I've played with my sister, the energy is so much stronger, and as adults, when we would play, there's no need to blame each other anymore. We were just like, holy hell, this thing's moving or whatever answers we were getting, they were good um, or accurate. And so even, you know, as adults, we were like, hey, can we talk to our mum? Or however we would word it. And even as kids, we would say, let's talk to our mum. But I, I can tell you, we never got her. We never, ever experienced any type of nice sensation. I don't know if you're meant to feel something um, or if she was meant to spell her name out. But we literally never even had a hint of that you know is this mum no <laughs> can we talk to mum no <laughs> you know it was always there was and she, so you know she said that before she, uh, she passed away she would never ever communicate with us she would never want to frighten us and I think well why because here we are wanting to talk to you <laughs> but we never got her and as I said as an adult where you know last time I played was many, many years ago now but 
you know, we tried again and there's still nothing. It's, yeah, it, it, it really is fascinating because I hear stories. I've never played with a Ouija board myself, but, you know, I, I hear stories that people make contact with, with multiple spirits, but this thing just seems so laser focused on, on Stephen that no one else can, who knows, like maybe no one else could get through. Like he's just sucking up all that, all that, that ghostly energy. I wish there was an answer or someone to explain it, but I can tell you if you put a Ouija board out in front of me now and we sat down together and did whatever we had to do, I can probably guarantee Stephen would come through. And I say Stephen, like, you know, as I said, we came to know this thing as Stephen. But, you know, I'm saying we would know it was him because of the jagged movements, the circles, A, B, C, D. And that is exactly what happened on, I'd say, most of the sessions from memory when I would play with my friends. This bloody thing would start doing circles and all sorts of weird motions. And I'm like, okay, here we go. You know, this <laughs> entity just... And is it attached or is it just a coincidence? Is it just that there's a spooky, bad spirited thing that is just, you know, open on the Ouija board when the, you know, this portal's opened, you know, then there's just this weird energy, energy, strong energy that's just ready to start doing jaggedy motions every time me or my elder sister puts my, their, our fingers on the glass. It it does know. it does raise a very interesting thought in my head is that did you ever or have you ever conducted a, a Ouija board session outside of that house? Yes, I did. So with my eldest sister we did do the last one I ever did was at her house and it was really actually a scary experience because she was a little she's a bit more spiritual than I am. Um and she decided to put a What's those radio, radio frequencies where it skips over like four radio frequencies in like a second so it can kind of put out a voice? Oh, like I guess, a, a REM pod scanner or something like that? Some kind of scanner. And um, she was like, let's do the Ouija board downstairs. And, you know, downstairs of her house is really creepy. And so I was like, all right, let's do it. And she started playing the scanner. And we thought we, we she wanted to get in touch with my dad's research. His friend that had died, or something like that, and my dad had only—he was trying to find it for many years, and he'd only realised um, that he had passed away and where he was buried. And so we're like, let's get on the Ouija board, and I don't know the full story behind it, but we get the Ouija board out, and Sarah puts this, you know, um, scanner on, and we were asking questions, and this voice was coming through the scanner, and at one point, in my heart, like. It was, even now it's beating because it was so scary. But the scanner came out and said the word cement. And funnily enough, my dad was cementing that day. Now, what coincidence is that? I don't know. But we were looking for, we were asking for, I can't remember the man's name, but we were like, we want to talk to this man. We want to talk to blah, blah, blah. Um, and then all of a sudden the scanner says cement. And at some point after that, he says, Dad. And we're like, oh, okay, I don't want to play this anymore. This is weird. And I tell you what, I, you know, me and my sister, we're, I think we're pretty resilient people, but we both looked at each other and we were both like, yeah, we got to stop. This is scary. It was just like this feeling of overwhelming, oh, hell, like, this is, this is weird. Um, 
it just didn't feel right all of a sudden. And like I said, we're not really, she's a bit more spiritual than me and I'm a bit more, but I, I haven't seen it. It's not real. So here I am getting all spooked out from this scanner saying words that are kind of relevant to the day, things that were happening. And then all of a sudden, yeah, Sarah and I looked at each other and we're like, let's say goodbye to this thing. <laughs> but that was the last time I ever played and it was outside of the house and you know, when I was living in Darwin, we play, I played with friends sometimes, but it wasn't, I, I, honestly, I couldn't even tell you what happened in those sessions. It was just nothing noteworthy, obviously, for me not to remember. It It is a, I don't know, it's, it is an interesting kind of position you find yourself in because, like, not to, not to kind of try to invent scenarios or, or anything like that, but, like, do you find that you're, you're more sensitive to, the, the kind of the weirdness of the world? I would, I can probably tell you no. I I really wish I was, but I just don't. I mean, in my dad's house, if you go in there, sometimes it's really creepy and I can't put my finger on it. It's just the spookiness that's there and it could be just because there's so much history in that house and it could be just from past experiences and past memories. Like when I go into that house, I'm like, ooh, it's scary here. But I I just don't think I have anything like that. I mean, I've never, ever experienced something that doesn't sit right with me or is unexplained or could be from another sense. Um, I just don't think I'm that sensitive. But, you know, I really wish I was. And I really wish I could say yes, because, you know, sometimes you hear of these experiences people have and they are just next level. And I truly believe that these people are experiencing something just like I saw that man, that matchstick flip in the air. So, you know, it's like this, you know, I even listening to your show, I kind of think, oh, why hasn't anything happened to me since that, those, you know, early days in my life? Nothing, like literally nothing. So I'm kind of, I feel like I'm putting it out there. Come on, spooky things. I want to see something spooky. <laughs> and, and you know what? It's so funny. Yeah, it's, it's so funny because some people you know you call it luck you call it fate they they kind of get this attached these these types of experience just kind of follow them wherever they go mm. and for you you know you like you to say you're one of the lucky ones is that's a total total point of per, uh, perception um when it comes <laughs> to that but you know you, i don't want to be lucky yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well actually no i am grateful i'm lucky because i know some people get pretty I guess, um, you know, traumatized by these things that they experience. But yeah, I've just never, I don't think I'm sensitive to these things. I really do think, to be honest, I don't really know, but I feel like it's all to do with dad. I've got nothing around me. I'm like, my life is very normal, very logical. I'm a fact finder. So <laughs> I just don't think, yeah, there's nothing, nothing to do with me. It could, I think it's dad that it's attached to and he might be the one that all these things come into his life and show themselves to him but maybe he's the sensitive one maybe and there's there's every chance that he is you know from from what you told me earlier it's it wouldn't surprise me with the amount of encounters that he's had in the the intensity of them so mm. who, who knows like maybe that's why your dad is just so content living in that house with mm-hmm. uh with steven because you know it's <laughs> he's keeping good company by the sounds of it that's right. It's quite humorous, isn't it? Dad lives with Stephen. <laughs> the friendly, 
friendly poltergeist. I hope he uh, <laughs> he pitches in for rent or at least something like that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I so before before I let you go tonight, Sam, I do have to ask, like, what was what's your opinion now of like everything that you were encountering in that house? Like you you kind of said earlier, you know, like it is just complete almost craziness. The fact that you, you had these these kind of odd relationships with this this mm. entity, um, but mm. but looking at it now, like, does it make you you think like? geez, could we have been in danger or, or, you know, are we, are we lucky for what happened there? Does it, do you have a different perspective on it now that you are older? I wouldn't do again what I did when I was younger, unless I was in the company of more educated people that would perhaps be able to shed some light on how to do these things properly. But, you know, I think a loose explanation of what was happening is that Maybe it was some kind of energy with some level of intelligence that the board allows it to come through. And I think that needs to be, there needs to be rules with that and needs to be respected. And it probably just really just likes kids, you know? (laughs) It's just really strong with kids. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Believe Paranormal and UFO podcast. If you have had an encounter and you would like to share it, please get in touch with me. My email address is believepod at gmail.com. Finally, don't forget to follow us on all our social media outlets and be sure to join our Discord server to talk to other listeners of the show. You'll find all these links in our show notes. Thank you. Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rust-Oleum.